Welcome to Wrinkled, Not Dead. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Mike. We may be over 50, but we're here to prove we're still relevant. And we have lots of real-world advice on confronting the challenges, but having fun getting older. We're wrinkled. Not dead. Let's Let's do do this. this. Hello and welcome to episode number 75 of Wrinkled, Not Dead. I'm Mike Bell. And I'm Jen Bell. And we have a special guest today, and this is going to be a very special edition of Wrinkled, Not Dead, in that we're going to suspend all of our usual fun stuff and move on to a very serious topic this week. And uh, to do that, we've got a very special guest indeed, Cookie Lupacini, who's a a longtime neighbor of ours. And uh, we've known her for some years now, but she's undergone a very serious situation. And this being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we want to talk about it. And so, welcome to the show, Cookie. It's nice to have you with us. Well, thanks we're, for having me. We're outside me. today in, yes. in the beautiful sunshine in Southern California. And uh, so, if you hear people walking around with their dogs or any extraneous weird sounds, birds you'll chirping, know, birds <laughs> chirping, which is always a welcome thing. So that's that's what we're up to. So we we sent you some questions, Cookie, about mm. uh, about your 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 situation and how you can help others to learn more about your personal journey. And if we can answer, uh, ask those questions of you now and uh, get the answers that I know are going to be wonderful from you, then uh, I think all of our listeners are going to be very happy to well, hear Well, I'm this. excited. Excellent. So, Great. Cookie, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born, and okay. how did you come to live where you are now? Oh, well, we'll just... I'll give you the short version. Okay. <laughs> I was... <laughs> At our age, there is no short version. <laughs> well, this will explain it. Okay, I was right. born in 1953. Okay. And um, to Italian immigrants, uh-huh. my mother and father, and I am first generation in this country, they settled in central Pennsylvania, where I was born, between Harrisburg and Hershey. And... Um, it was a great childhood. I am one of four with my mother. And uh, so I could jump ahead and s- tell you that how I got to where I am today. But I'd like to say that um, when I was five, my mother became very ill. Oh, okay. dear. And uh, like I said, I was one of four mm-hmm. and I was number three. And she gave birth to my youngest brother while she was ill. Mm-hmm. And it came to be that she had cancer. And after five years of uh, fighting it, uh, it took her life oh, in 1964. Dear. So, you know, back then it was just like, oh, wow. But she was one of 11. And there were eight daughters. And... uh she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, mm-hmm. which led to breast cancer, which led to brain cancer, which led to lung, which took her. Shortly after, one by one, all her sisters and three brothers were not well. And so um, time went on. It's early. Uh-huh. You know, medicine is, you know, that, that it, it, it was still very primitive for those issues but anyway um at that point uh we got on with our lives until the 70s and um we were approached by the national institute of health because our family had such a high incident and now the children 
were getting sick. And the all offspring. Ca- and all cancer, may I ask? All cancer. Okay. And uh, the men were getting prostate and uh, pancreatic cancer and leukemia. Wow. And children were getting brain cancer. And um, so we agreed to help the NIH and started going there and giving them our blood. And at that point, at UC Berkeley, a fabulous woman, a professor, a doctor, she came up with DNA testing for breast cancer. Wow. Which opened everything. And uh, that was in the er, mid-70s. And um, so along the way, they kept taking our blood. And in 2001, it was determined that everyone in our family who passed, passed from BRCA2. And that is? BRCA2 is a gene that's inherited. It's a ovarian breast cancer, uh, breast fallopian tube uh, marker. Okay. okay? And uh, there's also BRCA1, which is very similar. Uh, it may not a- affect the breasts as much, but it will go after the ovaries in a woman, and it goes after the prostate in men. Uh-huh. I didn't realize. I thought it was only for women, those testing things. Oh, so it's well, for here, men, too. This okay. story gets better. Wow. They figured out who the carrier was, and it was my mother's father. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. People think it's only women. Yes. It, it's not. Gosh. It, yeah, and um, so that was really enlightening for our whole family. Yeah, now I'm all sure. the the males are you know running to <laughs> get their blood tested. Yeah, <clears throat> of course. So anyway, it came to the point in um, the early two thousands where I was to go back and be tested again. Now that they knew they could detect it, mm-hmm. I didn't go. My daughter went. I have one child, and she's a female, and she was getting ready to think of... She was thinking of her future and marriage and children, and do I have this gene, and, you know, I I should know that before I Mm -hmm. start a family. Smart. Well, she did, and she was negative. Oh. So I thought... Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I was like, thank you. Thank you, God. And I thought, well, I don't need to go. If she's negative, I must be. So basically, you put your head in the sand. I did. Yeah. I just, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And you had your life to live, and you had things to do, and you were busy. I was very active. I was working, believe it or not, and I still am, for the doctor who discovered gene splicing, um from UCSF and founded Genentech, um, and he's the reason why this testing came about. Wow. So it's all it all went full circle. Mm-hmm. So in 2015, I I was well. I'm not I'm not sick. I never had cancer. I'm feeling well. I don't have that gene because it should surface some sign of it in your 30s. Well, I'm 60 at that point. 
So I switched doctors because I'm just not happy with my same OBGYN. And I moved on to um, a fabulous woman uh, at Scripps here in uh, La Jolla. And she looked at my family history and she said, have you been checked? And I said, no, no. My daughter was checked. She was negative. And she immediately took out her pad and scribbled, and she just said, go downstairs to the lab right now. And I'm like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Three weeks later, I get a call. Three weeks it took? Well, it has to go to Mary, um, I think it's called um, Marietta. There's only one lab in Utah that does that test. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. So it's very specific. It's very yeah. specific. Okay. So yeah. I uh, I was getting ready for work. The phone rings. It's her. She goes, hi, Cookie. Are you, are you someplace where you can talk? Oh, dear. Did you know? <laughs> right. Of course. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It was like, wow. And I said, yeah, I, I am. She goes, you're positive. So... What do you do with that in that moment? You, it's 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 a sting. It's shocking. It's it's everything. It's like my future. It's like do I wait for it or do I go? Do I get proactive? So after informing my family, um, I made the decision within days to get rid of those parts of my body before they got me. So I immediately signed up, had a complete hysterectomy. Three months later, a double mastectomy, followed by four reconstructions. And they found not one cancer cell. Oh, Oh my God. So how did you feel when you did this? Well... You know, it's interesting when you make a decision like that. Don't get inside your head. Just take care of business. Uh, Look around. What's important? Your body doesn't define you. You know that. You're looking at your family. You're looking at your grandchildren, and you're going, "Uh, uh uh-uh, I'm not ready. And if I can beat this, I will. I will. I'll, I'll move forward. So I'm on the other side now. Right. And, um, but it took two and a half years, and um, it was worth every moment. And I'd like to let women and men know that um, I, um, I if, if you can't do it, if you're scared, it's, it's, um, it's okay. It's just. How lucky are we to be able to know that we have a choice? We can wait for it, or we can get rid of it. Well, I noticed a lot of my cousins waited, and I saw their journey. And that was another window into, what do I want to do with this? So now I'm on the other side, and um, I... I'm just such a lucky girl. I I will not take this for granted that um, I had an opportunity 
and a window into my future um, to get ahead of things. And that's kind of how I got here. Now, as far as how I got to San Diego, that's a whole nother story. I started in Pennsylvania and uh, did a lot of living in between, and uh, it all worked out beautifully. So here I am. And um, so anyway, let me, my, ask, yeah. let me ask you this. When you, first of all, everybody's saying, okay, if cancer doesn't run in my family, should I still go get that genetic testing, that, that marker test? And can you? Do they, do they offer that? I would say you don't need that genetic testing unless there's an incident of a certain cancer in your family that keeps happening, whether you know from gen- in generations and you know like men Years, will say, yeah. "Oh, my dad had prostate cancer. Now I have prostate cancer," and oh, and my cousin has prostate. Well, I would say you need some blood work done. Now, as far as Getting tested, if you have a family of high incidence, um, it's covered. It's All this is covered. If you're just curious, it's out of pocket right now. But I've just heard recently that, um, and it just came out, it's not, you don't have to do a blood test anymore. You can do a saliva test. Oh, my really? God. So and this is within the last month or two. Wow. So that would be less expensive, correct? Oh, I we would, would say so. I mean, look how people just swab their DNA to find out their heritage. Yes. It's 100 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how more involved it would be um, as far as finding markers mm-hmm. for um, your cell structure, but uh, I would say it's most definitely is becoming affordable. So when you when you when you go backing a bit, when you when you heard that you had the mark that did everything kind of stop and oh, you, yeah. did you panic and did you think, Oh my God, I'm gonna die? I mean did all those crazy thoughts go through no, your mind or I, did you keep positive? I didn't feel anything. I was numb. I didn't realize the impact until I called my daughter. And I told her, and she started sobbing, and she was holding one of her children, and I went, oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is this is big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it change how you looked at your life and your the world kind of at this point? Did you say, all uh, right, here I am? I felt like I had an opportunity to be an advocate, to be strong and a voice. And no matter what the outcome was, I was going to share this with anyone who would listen, even, you know, just somebody, a total stranger. I would share my experience. And here I am with the two of you. And you look you look wonderful and healthy. Now, going through these surgeries, um, so let's say somebody has a genetic marker, and they say, okay, I'm going to do what Cookie did. Okay, the surgeries aren't easy. Um, how did you get through those? You know, I... I real I you know maybe I wear rose colored glasses all the time, but I wake up every day 
with hope. Even on the worst of days, I know that things don't last. Things always get better. No matter what the outcome, there's good that comes from it. And I really had to stay inside instead of poor me, you know, taking off my clothes to get into the shower and going, this is hideous. Um, And now I look at myself and I'm going, I am stunning. I adore you. And you are stunning. You are. Inside and out. With all my imperfections. But what is imperfect? What? Yeah. Like, does a scar make you less? I don't think so. I think it makes you more interesting. It makes you whole. It makes you, this is my journey. This is my story Mm -hmm. to tell. And these are residuals from it. This is what you get when you tell that story. And I'm happy to tell it. And I do it all over again. I would not think twice. When you were going through the surgeries and going through the reconstruction and you were Mm. convalescing, you know, Mm. recovering, let's Mm. say, did you go into a depression? Mm. No, it's interesting. And it's kind of weird. You would think I would have. I just started looking around and going, oh, I can walk the dog today. Oh, it's so nice out. Oh, so-and-so brought me some. I mean, I just felt like it was just something that was given to me, and I was not going to let it get the best of me. I knew, especially knowing that they found nothing, that I all I had to do was recover. Mm. And I felt blessed that I didn't have to follow up with uh, chemotherapy and radiation, as most women do when they find out they have breast cancer or ovarian cancer and also are BRCA1 and, or 2, and they waited. And I just would like to encourage anyone who has to deal with this and they're not sick but know that they have this go take care of it it's there's it's a Mm no-brainer it's a total no-brainer let me ask you this did uh, uh, is it did you experience anything from your coworkers or your family that oh. you know? Um, you I'm mean trying, my cheerleaders? I, well, I'm, I'm I'm going to put it a different way. <laughs> I'm, I'm, did anybody ever kind of shy away from you in fear that they might be it might be catching and you might act, or you, or they can't face or they can't what you're exactly. going through? No, they treated me just like they would on a, any other day. Um, maybe it was my attitude. I wasn't uh-huh. looking yeah, for sympathy. Okay. I wasn't looking at, you know, um, I'm so scared. I'm so lonely. Of course I was. Mm-hmm. But I just wouldn't let it get me. How, tell our listeners, how do you dig down? If, if somebody's where you are right now and they have the marker and they're just get, going to go in for surgery, how do they just... Get that strength and keep that positive attitude that you had through all of this. Let go. Let it's it go. out of your control. 
hand mm. it over, surrender. That you're in ha- the hands of someone who wants to make you better. Wow. That's that, amazing. That I, I, is amazing. Yeah. I never thought of that because we're always no. struggling. We're always trying oh, we're to fight scared. it. And, you know, just listening to this gives me chills. My aunt had breast cancer. Do I go for the genetic marker? I guess I should. And not be afraid to, to do that. Confront it. Well, that's another thing. So many people don't because they don't want to know. They don't want to know. No. I wanted to know. I mean, I obviously, I did have my head in the sand for a while. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought, oh, I didn't pass it on. So, she did but it was 50-50. I mean, she's half me, she's half her father. Yeah. And, um, but when I did, oh, it was, like I said, it was, it, it was, it was so easy. And maybe that's me. Like I said, I, my glass is always half full and it's going to take, it's, something's really going to have to hit me over the head to get my attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just a positive person at na- in nature. Like, just usually, you're very positive. But it sounds like you had a very good support system, too, with your work, with your coworkers, oh. with your family, your daughter. Oh, and working for a geneticist? Yeah. <laughs> he just looked at me and said, girl, you get yourself in there. And he was... He, he had no concerns. He was grateful that that test is out there. That's what I was going to say. If that test could be for other, you know, other oh, cancers. Oh, it's only going to get better. Would that not be fabulous? Oh, mm-hmm. well, you, you know, when you know that you're predisposed and you have an opportunity, why would you turn your back on it? You just, you just shouldn't. You just can't. No. You just don't, you don't want to do that. I mean. You have a choice, and what? And then again, let's let's back up a little bit. Let's say someone just doesn't have it in them. That's okay too. Mm. They're aware. Good you point. Know, they are. They're aware. They, they with the way we can learn things today um, on the internet, they can do their homework and. They can either move forward or not, and I don't judge that. No one should judge that. Mm-hmm. It just it just depends upon where how they want to live their life, and that's okay, is exactly. what you're saying. Look, yeah. How meaningful is it for you, and how necessary is it for you to not want to miss a thing if you have the opportunity to live just a little longer. A little longer. And I have to say you're lucky that you had this journey as opposed to those who you said actually get breast cancer, who actually get ovarian cancer. Because I think the tough part about cancer is perhaps not the surgery. For me, when all my friends that have had breast cancer is the radiation and losing their hair. It's hideous. That is the it's tough hard. part. The but chemo. I already thought about that too. Because you've got the most... Uh, uh, listeners, well, can you imagine has, me with no hair? Cookie no, has the most no. gorgeous long dark hair down uh-huh. to her waist almost. Yeah, Beautiful hair. Always has. But I have a friend who had breast cancer and she had hair like yours and she had to go through chemo and radiation and a mastectomy and mm-hmm. rebu- and mm-hmm. it and it was a tough journey for her too. It's a horrible journey. It's horrible. But at the other end, she says life is sweeter. Oh, like you said, it, something comes you, out of this. Let me tell you. 
I am the, I, I didn't know that I could ever be this content mm. with just the simplest things. So your priorities have been shuffled. Oh, huh? so different. What's yeah. important to you now? My home, my family, my dog. <laughs> and dogs. Here. My grandchildren. Hi, dogs. <laughs> uh, uh, who I can feed today, I love to cook. Um, my successes. Uh, just really taking, you know, taking a step back and going, the rest is just, you know, a cherry on top. It's uh, very different now. Um, so are you glad this happened to you? I'm glad that I knew. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I had a choice. And I feel really lucky that I know this and that I can, could take care of this. Um, I'm fine. You know, you take what you get, you know, life is so interesting. Um, the, how people react, how any of us react, no two are the same. Mm-hmm. And, um, all I can say is whoever's around you and needs t- to talk, whether it's how you would handle it or not. Let make it safe for them. Let them talk. Let them be scared. Let them hold their hand when they say, you know, I think I want to do something about this. Drive them there. Take them there. <laughs> Show up. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm fine. I really am. I mean, I am better than fine. I think this happened to you because you need to be a voice and you need to give this message out to everybody. Because not only, Cookie, is it a scary thing for people, but you've made it okay for them to say, I'm scared. But you know what? Good is going to come out of this. One way or another, good is going to come out of this. And and if anything, I know I'm going to go for the genetic marker. Mm. What the heck? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not be proactive? And what if it's positive? I will do what needs to be done. I'm one of those people that I want to be in control of my life, not have cancer be in control of me. And I think that's that's the thing, taking control of your life. And no matter where you are, if it's not a health issue, if it's financial issue, mm-hmm. just, just take control but understand mm-hmm. that life is the little things like walking your beautiful little dog. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have one last thing. How is your health now? And what are your plans for the future? Well, I, first of all, I was never sick. So you're, you're great. Everything is fine. I never was sick. That's I, the irony in that's all of this. That's the but irony. You came through, but you came through all the surgeries without I any know. side effects. Well, I mean, I got an infection and I was hospitalized for that. But I mean, because of one of the incisions. But I was never sick. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have cancer. I've got to have this, this, and this done. And back up a second. One of the, the mm-hmm. one thing that my breast surgeon said to me, as they were wheeling me in, and my daughter was with me, she said, "You know, Cookie, 
if I find one cell, this this outcome will look different. Well, I didn't know what that meant. And I, I just let that one go, too. Because I thought, well, if I have cancer, first thing I did think of, Jennifer, was my hair. I will. <laughs> every woman does. And But then I thought, oh, well, then I'll wear a wig. Oh, I've been a brunette all my life. Maybe I'll buy a blonde wig. You know, I just started thinking, wow. I'll just... I'll just shake it up with right along with it. But um There's the my essential future, cookie yeah, right there. Exactly. <laughs> but that yeah. That's that diva in me. I I'm mean. afraid so. But uh I my health is excellent. Good. I have n- there's nothing wrong. I um except for little aches and pains, you know, like a bunion <laughs> but um and my plans for the future. Um I'm single. I live alone. I have for many, many years. And I was just pretty robotic for a long time. Being my vocation was my family and my job. I didn't step out of those perimeters too far. And, uh, well, now I'm looking around and I'm going... Asking, you know, a girlfriend, would you like to go, you know, to Mexico for a long weekend? Oh, wow. Uh, Something I just never kind of, I thought I live in paradise. Why don't, you know, it's beautiful. But no, I want to step back out and see the world more. I want to take risks. I I would like, I, I, I think I'm open to falling in love again um I you know I just feel like there's there's a lot that will never be able to check off and because of this opportunity I'm I'm gonna speed things up a little bit what I like cookie is you call this an opportunity and you've given those who are listening today hope You've given them drive to go and do something, to grab life and do what needs to be done, whether they get the testing or they don't, but live life. And we have a blog called wrinklednotdead.com. If they have any questions, um, may I have them ask us? We can pass them on to you. Absolutely. And those who are afraid, could you give them more advice? Absolutely. That would, my arms are wide open. Wonderful. Cookie, I love you. (laughs) You're amazing. Thank you for being here today and sharing your story. You You. are an inspiration to me and to everyone listening. Mike Bell with Jen Bell and Cookie Lou Pacini, Episode 75 of Wrinkled Not Dead. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.